Hey everybody, welcome to Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Farantino. And on this show, we talk about Exo Squad. And on this episode, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 16, Miracles. Um, this episode was written by Mark Edens and Len Wein. Um, I hate to break the news. It's, I'm not breaking the news that happened yesterday, but Len Wein passed away yesterday, unfortunately. So uh, if there's any sort of charity or anything like that... Um, that we can point you guys towards that he liked or anything. We'll put that in the show notes. But, uh, you know, guy created Swamp Thing and Wolverine and all sorts of like anything you like growing up, this guy had a hand in. So, you know, take five minutes, look him up. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this episode, you probably know all about his exploits. I mean, dude, dude edited Watchmen. So and created the X-Men more or less. You know, did you guys have any uh, any favorite Len Wine creations or memories? Um, it's amazing. Like I... Am. I, I'm a huge Exo Squad and movie fan, but I don't necessarily know all the names of everybody who yeah, yeah. worked in comics and cartoons. But it's amazing how like these people like like Len Wein have such a profound influence on the culture, and they're not famous. That you don't really, they're not in the culture, and and I don't know if they should or shouldn't be. Like I think it's, but I think it's so badass that he made Swamp Thing and Wolverine. Those are two of the most iconic characters. Like not only in, in like in comics and you know fantasy movies but like just in our culture yeah he also he also wrote that uh that batman episode where bruce wayne is blind no oh, yeah and they have to use all yeah like yeah it's cool that he like he like was the most influential and like multiple mediums like yeah dude had like far far reach man like comics movies tv you name it he had a hand in it and like if you grew up in the uh 80s you probably have something that you love that this man created. So, you know, take some time, take a look. And like I said, if there's a, uh, a charity or anything that he was involved in or liked, we'll point you towards it. And, uh, but yeah, we lost one of the good ones. RIP, man. Now back to Exo Squad. This episode is like one of the all time big space battle episodes in the show. Um, before we get into it, do you guys like this one? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I did. I did like it. I thought it was really good. Um, and it's nice to see the show progressing and not doing these one-offs, but um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was it had a lot to do, but yeah. I still liked it. I liked no, it a lot. There's a lot of like, uh, not necessarily like setup and payoff in this, but there's a, the character, the fact that the characters are now established and they've been around for a while really comes out in this episode. Um, there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff, and like I'm really becoming a huge Draconis fan. I dude, I was like. I was like marking out to steal a wrestling term when it was like when they were starting to call him on like his bullshit. And when he would pull off like super draconis like dick moves, I'd be like, oh, shit, no one can top draconis. Yeah, he's he's probably a better villain than Phaeton at this point because we haven't really seen a lot of Phaeton. And draconis has like this really dubious personality. He's a great character. And he has his own crony in Creon, which is like, like yeah. awesome. Like... You know, he's got like he's got a system of like dickery set up. So <laughs> establish the system of dickery. Are you dragging <laughs> me off? Is he dragging me off? Um, <laughs> oh, man. We have our own callbacks now. Suck that's it. Right. Um, so, yeah. So basically we we start off on uh, on Venus and there are a bunch of Neo Sapien like oh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
Uh, I guess, like, there's a Neo-Sapien, like, the remnants of the army there, and they're being sort of rounded up by the Exo-Squad, and they're asking about, like, rally points and interrogating them. Uh, Nara puts James into a space ambulance, and it turns out he's going to lose his arm and maybe his eyes. He's pretty messed up. His mouth is just hanging open. Yeah, he's... There's like not... an idiot. Yeah. Stupid. So stupid. <laughs> no, he's really, he's really badly damaged. A lot of the Neo-Sapiens have a lot of bandages on as well. Yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of interesting that, like... Because we never see that. It's always just like, and the episode's over, and here we're seeing, you know, like, there's a great scene where um, they're like, you know, if you'll save lives if you tell us where your buddies are, and one guy who's, like, totally fucked up is about to tell him, and he gets major peer pressure, and he gets, like, the uh, the dilating pupil thing from the other Neo-Sapiens, and he just keeps his mouth shut. Yeah, he doesn't talk. Yeah, sti- snitches get stitches, son. That's... For real. Yeah, in space stitches. Um, yeah, Neo Sapiens do not fuck around with that. Like, what, what's interesting though is like, like the last episode, Marsala has a thing where he's talking about how he's like, you know, they're talking about should we go help James fight Draconis and all that, and he's like, I think we should obey orders, but I feel like it is our duty to do this. And it's kind of interesting that the Neo Sapiens are kind of showing that similar thing where the logical thing would be like, oh, save lives, this, that, the other thing, but there's an emotional component in them. That I don't think... Again, like, did they ever talk to a Neo-Sapien? Ever? <laughs> I know. Like, it seems pretty obvious. Um, so, everything seems like it's going well. Uh, we're gonna have, like, Simbaka and Winfield teaming up, and they're gonna draw, like, the Neo-Sapien fleet, which is, like, reinforcing the battle into an ambush, using the Exo-Fleet carriers and stuff as bait, and the pirates are gonna decloak and do that. But who shows up to break up the party? It's our good friend Barka with the bomb. And he basically blows up the uh, the Resolute 2's engines. I'm always down for some Barca. Um, <laughs> his his che- his scenery chewing is some is I would say the best in the show. Yeah, he gets away with it too, doesn't he? Yeah, no one no one even says anything to him. He's just like drops the bomb off. And I love that when he's doing it, Phaeton's giving this monologue about how certain people do anything for wealth and power, and he's like, "Yep, I sure will." And just like fucking blows everyone up. <laughs> I like that there's just a room with like bombs in it that he stole. <laughs> he stole a bomb and then went to the engine, the cloaking device that nobody was watching and put it there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like there should be security. This is like a military ship, right? Like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure like there was a couple making out. In front oh, yeah. Of the there was the, device uh, too. the bald girl and uh, her friend. Um, <laughs> Who's like really copying a feel in one frame? Yeah, it's 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 very efficient storytelling. We know what was happening there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, nice haircut. <laughs> she had hair when she went in. Damn. Yeah, that's uh, that's how cookie rolls. The so, but turns out Bronski finds a whole bunch of Neosapien shuttles. Uh, Winfield freaks out because he's like, "Oh shit, we don't have a cloaking device. Our engine's dead. We need to get all the." F- exo you know exos frames e frames i guess is the actual way to say it get them all back to the fleet to have a delaying action so we can actually salvage something from here and they go from plotting an ambush to uh having a hasty hasty retreat like they're actually towing the resolute which is like nuts this is where the episode starts getting fun because like up until now it's sort of been breakneck as you can tell by me just talking and talking talking but boom right away jt marsh is like oh we got this son bronski Bring your shuttle out here ASAP. You got it, JT. And try not to run into anything. De Leon, 
You and Marsala turn our prisoners over to the Resistance. And Marsala, get yourself a Neo uniform. Right, JT. The classic. Yeah. Marsala, no one will know it's you again. Yeah, exactly. At a certain point, especially because they've met them numerous times at this point. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, they do get around that a little bit by scrambling the signal. Um, they they do, and it's and it's Phaeton, but you know, new and improved Phaeton. Yeah, which I love. So basically, it turns out that big ship from the last episode is the Olympus Mons Two, and it's gigantic. So we have this like giant pitched space battle, which is like kind of brutal. Like capital ships are getting blown up, um, E frames are just getting fragged. It was really sweet. Um... They were broad, broadsiding each other. They were just like... <laughs> the um, Resolute just was like buzzing the other ship flying by. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, there, there's some really awesome like like fleet stuff and the E-frames get through. Um, so here's the ruse. So the Sh- Bronski shuttle goes up and they phone up the Olympus Mons 2 and they're like, yo, it's the Proteus from Venus. Let us in. And Phaeton's all like... A shuttle full of cowards. They should have fought to the end on Venus. Destroy the shuttle. And then Marsala has like an awesome moment where he's just like... Wait, I bring proof that Draconis is plotting to betray you. What? That is absurd. No one is more loyal to you than I, Phaeton. And then Phaeton like gets a scheming boner and looks at Draconis and is like, oh... Well, Draconis, should we blow up the shuttle? And I love that it, like, Phaeton's so paranoid that he can't even, like, just follow through with the thing. He has to play his games, which is a great, like, villain trait, you know? Right. But to be fair, he is right to not trust Draconis because he immediately betrays him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Draconis goes all out in this episode, man. Like, it's... It's a good, it's a good twist because like it originally like look, looks like Phaeton is being way too paranoid, but then it turns out that he's his paranoia is totally justified. Like it's a cool reversal. Yeah, for real. Um, so yeah, so the, uh, the the shuttle comes on board. It turns out it's the uh, Able Squad, and they just like fuck everything up. They blow up the Olympus Mons' engines and you know disable it. Here, here, here's a question for you. Yeah. JT Marsh alone, solar flare, war is over. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I kept, Every time I watch it, I might just use a solar flare. Just use the solar flare. I know. Like, if they, again, it's like one of these things, like if they said, like, we need to have a full fusion pack and it, like you have to retreat right after. Because they make a point of saying, like, you know, we're in the middle of an action. We're low on fuel. We won't be able to get to uh, orbit. And they're like, oh, you know, we'll use the shuttle. But, like, if they just said something like, you know, again, like a one line of dialogue explanation being like, you need a full fusion pack to use your solar flare, then you you get around that thought. But, you know, I mean, hell, Maggie uses chain lightning inside the freaking ship. Like, right. Just for fun. Takagi cloaked double double Takagi's just for fun. Yeah. That's what he does in his off time. They'll never get me. Oh, they got me. They just shot the other one. Shit. (laughs) Do you think that's Takagi's move? He's like, oh, you like one Takagi? What about two Takagis? Takagis. Takagis. He's got a cousin that no one likes, but he keeps trying to... Like Steve Takazi? Yeah, yeah. it's like, you like one Takagi? This is Steve Takagi. Steve, come on in here. Don't be shy. Come on, this is... We're trying to get him late. It's his birthday. (laughs) He's fine. It's his first tour of duty. He's just back from Venus. Come on. You want to see the sun rise on Venus? Oh. Um, 
I think your Takagi's are uh, Guido's from, <laughs> yeah. from the 80s. Yeah, he, he literally just turns to the Andrew Dice Clay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Booga looga loo. Miss Muffet, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I promised you wouldn't do this. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go. We're just gonna go. We're gonna go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. I'm really sorry. It's nice meeting you. <laughs> oh man, you got a nice house. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a great T-bird. It's really shiny, nice and waxed. You know, six miles to the gallon, baby. How, <laughs> Steve Takagi out. Um, <laughs> so. So, so basically, they blow up all this shit. Uh, JT Marsh turns a corner, bumps into Phaeton's frame. Phaeton like fucks up his frame, uh, and then Bronski's just like, "Sounds like they're on their way, and it ain't going easy." Hey, where are you going? To make sure they make it back. Open up, or I'll open it for you. Grabs a gun, runs out, hijacks a freaking purple E-frame. They don't show him killing the pilot, but I assume he killed the pilot. He definitely killed him. Yeah, and like probably slowly too, just because he's a psycho. I assume um, he's pretty fucked up, yeah. Yeah, maybe eats a little piece of him because he's hungry. <laughs> I guess they taste the blood just to see. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see. It's just, it's. I just want to feel alive. <laughs> yeah, that might be his only time to do it because no one's around. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, he's seen things, man. So my, my favorite moment of the episode... Um, <laughs> Second favorite, I should say. JT is at Phaeton's mercy, and he's like, oh, I will beat you this time. And then Bronski saves him and immediately gets his ass kicked, like, in, a, in half a second. Oh, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? Bronski! Um, doesn't even get a punch in. And then Maggie uses chain lightning to scare away Phaeton. And yeah, freaking, they beat a hasty retreat. But... This is where we get fun because we get fun. I don't know, even know what I'm saying anymore. This is where it gets fun because a Resolute 2 is in range of the Olympus Mons dose. As soon as we are in range, destroy it. The Talon flagship is in range. But it turns out Algernon fixed the engine, so surprise, the Resolute 2 just fucks shit up. Uh, Draconis calls his buddy Creon and tells him to dock. And save the leadership of the Neo-Sapien Empire. And then... So the shell shows up and Phaeton is about to get in. And Draconis is like... A short while ago, you called me a traitor. Apparently, you were right. You thought you were paranoid about me betraying you. But you were right. I'm totally betraying you. Uh, <laughs> I'm we're gonna I'm going to fake your death. And then I'm going to when I run the Neo-Sapien Empire, everyone will remember your heroic sacrifice. Uh, and then he gets in the shuttle and flies away. And Phaeton appears to be destroyed with the Olympus Mons, too. But wait, back on Earth, it turns out he cloned himself. And that was the clone on the Olympus Mons, too. It was the prestige. And fucking, yeah, he talked to David Bowie and cloned himself. They're just killing Hugh Jackman's <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> it's just a whole, just a whole warehouse full of dead I Hugh Jackman. I just saw a field of you dead Hugh Jackman's. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, why doesn't uh, new Phaeton do that to old Phaeton? Like, as soon as he's out, he just shoots old Phaeton. I did want to ask that. Like, was that the original Phaeton? And then, like, like... 
<laughs> like, which one's the real Phaeton, man? Yeah, well, you have to assume that Phaeton's, like, auto-mutation disease will kick in anyway. If he's, like, got flawed DNA. So, at a certain point, you know, would the old Phaeton make the ultimate sacrifice to have a oh, shiny new Phaeton? That's how he also... That's how he pretends to not have autoimmune disease with his generals. He sends clones. Yeah, you can never tell which one's the real Phaeton. I just, yeah, so he doesn't have to admit to having that disease because he, because uh, the clones come and they look healthy. Yeah, but yeah. what about his brother? Steve Phaeton. <laughs> oh, I'm in Phaeton City over here. <laughs> Book a little you know, blue, little Miss Lydia. Sorry. You want to go back to my penthouse? <laughs> you want? You mind if I read some penthouse? <laughs> I'm just gonna sit on the toilet. I'm gonna sit on the can and read penthouse. Yeah, make you make yourself at home. I'm gonna drop a deuce. <laughs> <laughs> the pages fold out. It's pretty rad. <laughs> I got Fresca. Make yourself at home. <laughs> Fresca. We, we doing this or what? <laughs> um, so to, to got a bottle of Stoli. <laughs> yeah, nice and refreshing, nice and light. Keep you limber. I got uh, some grappa from my grandmother's closet. <laughs> Yo, but don't take the plastic off the chairs. <laughs> but Draconis does suffer the fate of all villains in animation. Yeah, he gets. They they teased him getting dragged off on the Olympus Mons too. And then he actually does get dragged the fuck off to end the episode. They uh, really... I started that bit as a joke, but, like, it really does happen, like, every third episode. Yeah. Like, it's kind of great. Somebody, yeah, somebody gets... Somebody's getting dragged. Like, <laughs> are you dragging me off? You should, are you dragging me off? <laughs> should do a super cut of all the villains, get, of all the people getting dragged off in, 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 in animation from total period. it's also wild because it's like very obviously to be executed like <laughs> yeah it's like everyone it's like even kids are like yeah i know he's gonna get shot in the face but like it's not you don't actually see it so there's there's kind of a disconnect there you know Oh, it's, yeah. it's like how, yeah, it's like how in Batman the Animated Series they could show, like, or, like, why all the X-Men shows, they have, like, laser pistols because, like, they didn't want to show real guns. But it's, like, lasers <laughs> are just as bad. Like, yeah. yeah, like, someone falls off a roof and the character looks away and it's like, well, we didn't see them, like, all their bones get crushed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just, they're just mostly dead. Like, yeah. God, yes. yeah. So, also, we found out that Thrax was still Draconis's prisoner, and he's like, I just kept you around to execute you in front of everybody. And then Draconis gets it. So, does Thrax get killed? Because he's just there now, and Draconis and Creon. I think, Thra I think Thrax is just, like, hanging. <laughs> he's going to go to that bar with the ponytail guy in episode one. Yeah. Give me a B-complex, Chaser. I've had a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, with Peter Sagal. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Don't execute me. <laughs> um, so, like, good episode, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, really good episode. I love Phaeton's cloak. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I like it's, that they're making him more mutated. Like. Yeah. 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 A lot happens in this episode from start to finish. It starts on Venus and ends in space. Yeah. Um, and the. <laughs> The giant ship, which was on the battlefield for about four seconds, is destroyed. You know, <laughs> you're like, 
It's an ice dragon. Oh, the ice dragon got destroyed. Um, <laughs> oh, hells yeah. They're like, we were talking about shipping uh, Torres and, and Maggie last week. I mean, I think Simbaka and Winfield are like, they got something. Uh, they're, they're on the same wavelength now, man. Long-range sensors indicate a Neo-Sapien fleet approaching Venus. I've been expecting a counterattack. Shall I order the fleet into battle formation? No. We'll use the ships in the Exo fleet as bait to lure the Neo-Sapiens into range of the Resolute's guns. We'll be cloaked along with the pirate ships and hit them from both flanks when they least expect it. <laughs> a plan worthy of a pirate, Admiral. Admiral Winfield to all pirate craft. Begin cloaking on my mark. Cloak! Perhaps we can discuss battlefield plans over dinner. <laughs> I love when he's I'll like... I'll be tired from the space orgy. Um, <laughs> Where are the oranges? The um, well, I, I love that he's like... When Winfield tells him his big... Plan. He's like, ah, good enough for a pirate, huh? And it's like, you're figuring it out, man. Just I like, like, I like that pirates view view being like a pirate as the highest possible good. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, it's pirate good. Also, from the from what we know about pirate plans, doesn't it? Shouldn't it be a really bad plan? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna ah, run going right to at killed. them and hope it works out. <laughs> yes, a plan's fitted for a pirate. <laughs> We'll all die finally. I've been I've been trying. I've been hit with a pole. I've been shot four times. Yeah. This concrete stick sticking out of my shoulder. Is Simbaka unkillable at this point? We talked about it a little bit. Well Bronsky we said Bronsky was invincible, but is Simbaka just like like what what would you have to do to kill Simbaka at this Chop point? Chop off his head. I like it. He is immortal. <laughs> he has his head in blood of kings. Is, that show rules. Can I, can I just say, every time I watch an episode of Game of Thrones, immediately after, I put on uh, Queen's Princes of the Universe. Because I'm like, this should be the theme song to this and everything. I agree. It's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> and that and their Flash Gordon theme are probably yes. the two greatest songs I've ever heard. He's a miracle. Speaking of which, this was called Miracle. Um, and there's a constant theme in the episode of Miracles where and Hope, where there's like... You know, just wrap, jump into some random thoughts about the episode. Um, there's a, a discussion between Nara and Marsala where she's like, oh. James is like, fucked. And he says, at least he is alive. Where there is life, there is always hope. And then when everything is uh, falling apart, Simbaka and Winfield are talking to each other about the attack on Venus. And it turns into a real Dunkirk. Am I right, guys? When they say... Then we've lost everything. There's always hope. Don't you believe in miracles? And then pay off. There's your miracle, Sabaka, And it's named J.T. Marsh. Yo, J.T. Marsh is the miracle man. The, um, the, but the thing about that Marcel and Nair interaction is that Marcel is going to, like, touch her shoulder. Oh, yeah. And comfort her, but he can't bring himself to do it. And he closes the fist. He's like, he's, like, so close to making his move. I'm like, just do it. Do it, bro. Like, I've been waiting to see Ross and Rachel to get together this whole time. I know. It's like... Nero. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, it's so close to being like, 
that moment. And I, though I guess the death of her or not death, but like super fucking up of her brother is maybe not the best time to make the move. Well, I mean, it's not like a sex move. It's like a, isn't it? A hum- it's a hu- Well, maybe it's sex. <laughs> Anaconda to rising star. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> this is how we do sex with Neo Sapiens. <laughs> Eight it's fingers. Like, it's, it's a human move is I guess what I was saying. Oh which yeah. Is also the na- which is also the name of my sex move. Yeah. Also, maybe a great name for like a, a new wave band in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> we are the human move. We're like, we are the bowel movement. <laughs> We're a big deal. The craft work. Yeah. It's like literally, yeah, literally just turns into the uh, the band from uh, the Big Lebowski. We are craft craftsmen. We we play all of our songs with craftsmen tools by Sears. <laughs> yeah. We're the craft table. We have food for you. <laughs> <laughs> we have craft <Crafty>. services <laughs> crank services um they're dates you eat them <laughs> shredder give me some dates um um yeah okay <laughs> so uh mvp for the episode MVP. uh i'm gonna give it to simbaka uh just for having that killer line about uh um about uh, having a plan fit for a pirate, because I like that they're. I like that the pirates have enough good of a, like a good enough self esteem of themselves that like being a pirate's like the best thing you can be. <laughs> yeah, no pirate shaming here. Yeah, um, I know that often we'll do a couple. Bronski probably for saving Marsh's life, but uh, Draconis for just being a badass and living his best life. Yeah, <laughs> finding his truth. Yeah, he's living his happiness like. The uh, I'm gonna I'm saying it two in a row, man. Draconis has got it for me. Like, fucking, just just that that switcheroo where it's like, oh, I'm not a traitor, but I really am. Is just so fucking good. I didn't I didn't necessarily see it coming. Like a lot of shows, like they telegraph it, and you know, and it wasn't nor, nor was it out of the blue. It was totally within its character, and it wasn't telegraphed. It was done very well. They do a really good job with the red herring of like portraying Phaeton as overly paranoid. Yeah, and I think it's a really good misdirect that he's like, yeah, actually, but I am. But you're right. I am plotting against him. like. Also, I like that they show like the unvarnished Phaeton without explaining it. Yeah. And that like it just like lets you sit sit on it for a little while and then you figure it out. Yeah. And so that reveal at the end of his like fucked up silhouette is so good, you know? Yeah. Oh, the cloak. I love it. Yeah. Especially because I love that they let Draconis not only escape the fleet but fly all the way to earth land in phaeton city get his prisoner and his like posse go into the capital walk up to the like ruling like the council chamber and then that's when they're like obt dubs phaeton's alive (laughs) like that's that's some that finally crafted fuckery right there i i love i love the hand of like space like like emperors and stuff who summon people just to execute them like the emperor does it all the time in Star Wars, and like, <laughs> like yeah, he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm gonna fly you all the way to my planet. Now I'm gonna kill you. Like, and that's like that's how you know when um, fuck, what's the guy's name in Empire that he really fucked up when Vader like calls him up in FaceTime and he's like, yo, what's up, son? Hold up. Yeah. And just chokes him out. Yeah, the, yeah, he chokes out a bunch of he like yeah he chokes out a bunch of people like. Yeah. Gen- there was a time when I I really knew that and then. I lost it and then I knew it again. General Nita? That's something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Captain Nita. So yeah, he. I mean, that's that dude actually rises up through the ranks of the Empire in the whole series, right? Uh, no, you're thinking of Admiral Piet. Uh, yeah, that's you're it. Thinking of Captain Nita. He's the guy that he executes for losing the Falcon. He's like the captain of the one star destroyer. But he also chokes that dude out um, while he promotes his like assistant. Yeah, which which is such a baller move. Anyway, so uh, we got anything we want to plug this week? I would say, as always, Tulipy Ladies on Etsy, uh, Necropolis by Chris Farentino on Amazon, 25films.com for your wedding filmmaking needs. 25. And uh, um, Nike for shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And and uh, and our sponsor, as always, Blue Apron. Blue Apron, who will give you a meal for as little as $10 a person. Now, um, go to our Patreon. If you want to support us, you can do that for as little as $2. It's Patreon or Patreon.com slash Exosquad Goals. Exosquad Goals is the name of the episode or the show. And if you want to make an Exosquad fan page, use Squarespace. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. Um... And by Tommy John. <laughs> yeah. And the cat. Size 38, 32 jeans. 505 preferable. <laughs> the cash app. Do you need to send cash? Use the cash app. Yeah. This is what Plain you do. Flying on the front. <laughs> <laughs> send an envelope to one of our houses and we'll take that envelope of money to the person you owe it to. It may not get there. Companies that make <laughs> yachts. Wait, did we just become middle people, middlemen for <laughs> for like drug deliveries? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we just we just transport the money. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we we we've got a, a fleet of three used Hondas. <laughs> we've got a three fleet of three Honda Civics. <laughs> we will safely deliver your cash all over New York City <laughs> and the greater metropolitan area. Area. Um, yeah. Well, guys. This is a great episode. Um, do, you have, do you have anything you'd like to recommend? Any content? Uh, I started watching Carnival, which is really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's on HBO Go or HBO Now. It's pretty solid. Sweet. Um, I, st- I started reading Harry Potter. I've never done that. So far, so good. Dude, it's um, so good. I need to. It's so good. It just... I. It's it, I'm like two chapters into it. It's it's good. Every it just it's one of those things where I just kind of want to know what everyone's talking about at this point. I'm like, all right, I'll, like I should be able to knock this off pretty quickly. I, it gets better as it goes too. Like it doesn't have a disappointing end of lost feel. It's like always gets better. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like I remember I tried to read it years ago, and her her writing in the first one at least. Just like I was like, she's not a good writer, but she her story is amazing, you know, so I'm like, I want to go back to it with a more open mind and like actually because she grows as an author and, you know, storyteller. So I should give it a fair chance. She gets better as the series goes on. I I read the second one for like a class I took (laughs) at at Con. Nice. And, And I thought this isn't really well written. And I was was down on it. And now that I'm kind of starting from the beginning, I'm I'm kind of like, oh, I I kind of get it. It's just written. It's just written for eight year olds. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. you know, maybe maybe as it goes, it'll it'll fall back to my expectation of it. But I sort of adjusted my expectation of it a little bit so that it's like, oh, it's like a. It's I mean, it's I don't want to compare it to Judy Bloom because I think I like Judy Bloom's books, 
but like it's sort of for that it's sort of for like a, a fourth grade audience and like i sh- and it's like not bad for that it's good for that i think it's so far you know i don't want to be like man the writing's not good for a 30 year old yeah well i mean <laughs> for like a 10 year old it's i think it's more than acceptable and fun and i think she captures it yeah pretty well at least so far i get, definitely got yelled so. at by a bunch of people once because i was like i don't think she's a very like good author but a great storyteller and i'm like and they're like you're saying that harry potter sucks i'm like no no i'm saying that like she got better and yeah I mean, it didn't go over so well um the interesting thing for harry potter for me is like it's sort of i don't know if this is it's it's appeal necessarily but i think what's interesting to me is like it's 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 like a well done fantasy that works that ha- nobody was really doing before you know oh, like yeah. a present a present day fantasy wizarding story that i think like no one else had done to that level you know whereas like as much as i enjoy game of thrones there's a lot of other like medieval fantasy yeah again it's lord of the rings written by a jets jets fan um <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm going to recommend really quick. Um, I'm going to say a monster calls because while watching a monster calls, you know, it's, it's a really depressing story and it's really sad. Um, but there's so many opportunities in that to make Harry Potter jokes that it becomes a wildly entertaining experience. So check that out with an open mind and a couple of beers in you, but not Love too many. Um, anyway, um, all right, let me, I'll just wrap this guy up really quick. Our intro and outro music is done by Eric Calderon. You can find the stuff on YouTube at 331 Rock. His stuff shreds. Um, we come out with a new episode every Saturday, roughly. Reach out to us on Twitter at Goals. Email us at exosquadgoals at gmail.com. And yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps increase visibility. Five stars is the right amount of stars. If you can give more in your heart, give them to us. We'll take them. But leave a review. It's more helpful. Um... Yeah, so our next episode is episode 17, Under the Skin, uh, which is an all-Edens-all-the-time show, so get ready for it. It's a big one. Um, That sounds gross. So, for Exosquad Goals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Farantino. Are there any heroes in this company? No, No, sir. Boom. Headshot. Boom. (laughs) Monster kill. 